0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of control Up delete Today's guest is Trini Woodle. You may know her from the hugely popular Trini and Susannah makeover days. They met in 1994 and wrote a weekly fashion column for the Daily Telegraph before launching the TV series, which I didn't actually know. I just, I just watched their TV show and thought it sort of popped up, but um, it was a column. It then led to the launch of their own fashion advice business and then the release of their first fashion advice book. They were commissioned by the BBC to host What Not To Wear in 2001 and the following year they released their second book with the same name as the show, What Not To Wear, which gained them a British Book Award and put them on the map. They co-wrote 11 fashion advice books in total, um, several of which became number one bestsellers in the UK and America. And in 2003, they launched their own shapewear range, Trini and Susanna's Original Magic Knickers, which sold in 30 countries around the world. They co-hosted What Not to Wear for five series, and they appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show as makeover advisors, and Trini still regularly appears on ITV's This Morning as a fashion style expert. But in this episode, me and Trini talk about what she's up to now. We also reflect on those what not to wear days. We talk about the launch of Trini London, which is her makeup range, which is amazing. I'm using it at the moment and it's so simple. It's for people who really kind of leave the house in a bit of a rush perhaps and don't have loads and loads of time to do their makeup, but they still want to look good and fresh faced. We talk about her new Facebook show and how she's kind of gone from TV to really having uh, more of a digital uh, platform and digital presence. And we talk about how careers move in cycles. They come in chapters and you can kind of rebrand and refresh yourself and how she's done that and also why she doesn't do sponsored posts on Instagram, and about Instagram in general, about how much she uses it and enjoys using it. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. It was really fun. I went and interviewed Trini on a really sunny day in London and got to talk to her about all sorts of things. And having followed her from such a young age, when I used to watch the show on TV, it's really fun to release this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. And here it is. So I'm very excited to be joined by Trini Woodall. I had the best time this morning going down memory lane, remembering everything that you've done and also the things that you're doing now. I watched everything, I bought every book. Were you 12 sitting with your mother
1: watching What Not To Wear? Because I feel you must have been (laughs) eight.
0: My mum loved it as well, yeah. It was just like every birthday and every Christmas present there would be a new book and I'd be so happy. Um, It
1: was a mother and daughter moment. It was.
0: Um, Before we go into everything that you're doing now because I just love your Instagram and your new makeup range is incredible. What was it like during those times that everything
1: was so crazy? It was interesting um, because when I started doing well, I was like 32. And I think it's very different when you start doing well then compared to when you're like in your 20s. Like there's so many overnight sensations now. Mm. And people in retrospective say, oh, you, you, you were like an overnight thing. But I remember we, like, in. When I first started doing the column for The Telegraph, it was 1996, and we did the col- column, and then two years off we did the column, a woman who was doing Granada Sky, which became Sky TV, Granada B, um, thought we might be good on telly. Um, that's somebody just bringing in banana bread. Yay. And then um, we sort of did something with them, and then it didn't work. Then we did a little online business, and then it didn't work, still doing The Telegraph. And then one day we just got a call from the BBC, and it then... We did a series on BBC Two, and that did okay. We'd done a book before the series, which sold, like, 13,000 copies. So everything each year seemed just a little bit more. But then I think, when we went from BBC Two to BBC One, when our second book sold a million copies, and I remember the puncture calling me up and saying, you sold 47,000 copies this week. And I said, is that good? Because I had no gauge, you know. And And then, obviously, when they sort of became number one, I was like... This is exciting because I, I framed it and I put it in my loo. You know, I was really excited. Really? I know that is
0: insane.
1: But this was like sort of Jamie, Nigella, or me vying for first place for a few years, and it was just it was amazing. And then we did probably seven years in the UK, and then we went to we did about four years of BBC. Then we went to ITV, and a lot of people then would say, "Oh, ITV was when it went down." But the first series of ITV, I loved because it was really. Emotionally connecting with women, Mm -hmm. Susanna and I loved it, and those people resonated with us, and I remember so well, we did couples at the beginning with really big issues, and I loved it, and we got so into it, Mm -hmm. Um, but we only got like 4 million viewers, Mm -hmm. which now would be amazing, but we only got 4 million viewers, so they were like, oh really, it should be Mm 5, and then after 2 years it finished.
0: Yeah, because you complimented each other so well, and I felt yeah. just like, yeah, people felt like they really knew you. But what's interesting now is that you, on Instagram, you have an even more direct connection with people. Do people. I mean, that must be a massive reason why people love following you is because they do feel like they sort of know you from the
1: TV, but it must be different now. I think it's interesting because when we were on the TV, we were sort of edited in a certain way. So... You know, the BBC would make Susanna even more cosy and voluptuous as a woman, and me even more angular and and, and forthright. And we're probably both somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And Susanna always would be the more humorous, and I'll be more the you've got to do this intense. <laughs> but we probably have equally have bits of those. So by not being in our yin yang, I suppose it allows the other side of me to come out a bit. Mm-hmm. And whereas. When we were on the telly, I would be in Top or Zara, and I would feel people would know me. And sometimes they'd come up and say, what do you think? <laughs> but now I'll be in, and they feel no hesitation in coming up to me, which I love. I really love. And I've always loved that, because it's kind of, and it might sound incredibly corny but it's i've always known all through my career it's only because of those women buying my book or watching my show that i managed to buy my house or whatever you know so those that audience i feel responsible for and on social media now i can know what they're feeling and know what they like and know what they don't like and know what is frustrating them so i can kind of navigate my daily journey and think of what i'm thinking as a woman but i also have their voices in my head mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah. and
1: and that is so much more than what one got of doing a show and three months later it going out on TV mm. so different
0: because the fact that you TV is quite edited um, I don't know much about TV I only know from from friends who who say you know there was a lot of footage and you just saw a very edited yeah. version is it um, it must feel much more freeing now that you edit yourself you can edit yourself in any way you know well, what you put out is what you want to put out
1: what I've got I want to put out but when we did telly, when we stopped doing telly in England, we did telly abroad, um, we'd make shows and we, we were always known as the one-take wonders because we'd mm-hmm. just do it and we'd never wa- we'd never have a script. So whatever we said, they sort of, you know, filmed and then that's generally what came out. And I loved those shows we did abroad because they were very much what Susanna and I were really like. Um, but People must have loved that. Because then think, it's just
0: like, you do it, you're good, do it. you're It out. Was really, <laughs> really <laughs> yeah.
1: great. And... Um, and if ever I came across crew who said we'll do a pickup here, and they were new crew, not in it, let's learn the truth. Susanna way, and then in <laughs> fact at the end they'll say it was such a relief doing it that way. But to begin with, they were like, we need to prove to you we're better. <laughs> so I never, I never edit anything I put out. Um, so when I do Instagram, sometimes I film it two or three days before because I do this thing on Friday, which is twinning with Chloe, because I notice so many women would say, I love that but I could never wear it and I thought it'd be nice if occasionally I could do something they could look at how they could wear it because otherwise I was because we always respond to every comment so I would be writing essays as to well maybe you can't wear this but you could go into Zara and choose this and I was thinking you, you will you will need 93 hours in the day to answer yeah. these comments so then one day by accident Chloe was in we were in and other stories and Chloe said oh Trini I really like that and I said can we try and let's see how you can style it differently because you're an hourglass figure 14 16 and then that sort of happens. so they just evolve and we just film them and the only time I might film more than once is if there's a noise issue mm. and then when I do Facebook I just get up in my bathroom and I just chat yes <laughs> you know, they're, just goes they're out live. so great they're and so live so great. is live is so
0: great yeah it's brilliant but do you get a lot of women still asking you about the sizing in the UK like I'm a size 8 or a size 16 at the moment and 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 all of the ones in between Mm -hmm. um so I think what you're doing is so great because it's saying well it doesn't really matter any of that stuff like here's to make it work for you
1: I think it's never been about size for me because also you can have a five foot two woman who's a size 16 who would dress very differently from a six foot size 16 and proportionality counts but I think also what's a killer for me is like Zara which I love I also hate and what I hate about them is that they are very bad in sizing mm. so yeah. they you know they start off with small medium large in their Zara basic and now they and Zara are women sometimes but usually be 36 to 42 then they sort of triumphantly introduced size 44 but somehow it seemed like it was a size 42 and then they're extra largely introduced but it seemed like a 12 stroke 14 and then they introduced XXL mm-hmm. so they go from XS to XXL but Chloe now fits in the XXL not the XL and she hasn't changed size mm-hmm. so then I think, excuse me that makes you feel shit as a woman and, and um, what do people do upwards from there because that's like the national average well yes, like for, I think 46% of women are a size 16 and above So that means that just under half of women couldn't shop in a shop like Zara, which they can because there are certain things, like I always feel if a woman's arms are okay to buy a jacket one size smaller, if it's a fitted jacket, gives her a waist which looks amazing. And I always, like when I do this morning fashion, I always dress women in a jacket size smaller than they would normally do. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror and it's going to keep you standing taller. But we fluctuate, you know, women generally do have that you know they carry three different sizes in their wardrobe
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it is crazy i just think i just take the labels out just you take be the done, labels out just be done day. with it yeah i'm like whatever yeah. size it is if it, it, it's fitting me right now um but what was it was it different at the time working on your own
1: because you had a sidekick for so long i know um it's interesting because it's different on two levels in work I was always the accelerator and Susanna would say she was a break but I was the workaholic and she was a bit lazy which she'll really admit because <laughs> she says now to I need you to come and give me a kick up with the ass at home occasionally <laughs> so in that um, side of my life which is like with my business I have Mark who's my COO and it's really nice to have somebody who's got very different assets from me. He's an accountant and he's brilliant with figures. And I'm far more marketing, R&D, etc. So mm-hmm. there's a very nice balance there. But I know also I can rely on him as a businessman to have a better knowledge than me about something. So for me, I, I respect people when I know their knowledge is greater than mine. So if I go into a meeting and I feel somebody's really like not up with it, I can be a little bit slightly frustrated because I I want people to bring me things I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then creatively I think it's interesting because I'm going to do something on Monday which I'm so excited by which is Facebook have introduced Watch and Watch is going to be their TV station. Mm -hmm. And they gave me the show channel and they're going to like eight people in England so I'm very excited because I have quite a few US people. And I was kind of nestling with this idea for the last few weeks How can I make a TV show? And I do this morning a bit of telly, which I love, because I then see once a week British women from everywhere, and I make them over, so it really Mm -hmm. keeps me on that trail. But I did one or two beauty things with them, and she filmed it, and she took all the essence out of what I do in my bathroom. And my partner looked at me and said, Trini, you know, it was a bit flat. And I thought, that's what we create inside our mad little office, stroke Mm -hmm. home, stroke everything. And if I do telly, controlling it ourselves, doing watch on Facebook, um, maybe we could do something. So yes. we, then, we, did a, we did a call out. So we did a like, would anyone like to do a makeover? You have to buy your own clothes in Zara. You have to be under 16 for purposes of this first one. We'll do your hair and makeup. You might get a haircut, you won't get color. Send us a one minute video. So we got hundreds of one minute videos. I love that. And it was, I just thought, this is so exciting. And it might be a belly flop. We might film it. We've got one day to film it, four, four shows insane but that's the joy of the life we live in today anything is possible to try
0: yes Mm -hmm. and exactly that it's like when you've got something that you love and that you've worked so hard to build and you've got this brand that people trust and love it doesn't really matter what platform you're on because you're still able to just do your thing and bring it to an audience yes Well, so talking of um, you know all these exciting things that you're doing now, um, are you wearing some of your makeup I'm now? Wearing all of my yes, I love that the it's creamy as well. It's, it's like creamy. My, yeah.
1: I mean the the thing is, it's so weird because I'm very used to it now, but when I came over here in the cab. I kind of thought, because there's still women who follow me on Facebook and Instagram who don't know I'm doing it. And I was thinking, oh, it's because everyone watched at different times and I want everyone to know, because I, you know, my heart and soul has gone into it and I love it. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna go back to basics. So I got my old, I'm gonna bring it here. I got my old makeup bag and I had all my makeup in, you know, that I would normally have used before. I think it's nearly all there. Mm-hmm. And then I have my stack, which is, you know, these little pots and they each have stuff in them. You know, I'd forgotten how difficult it is doing makeup Mm -hmm. so juggling and the powders and it's spilled on my trousers and I had to have all the brushes and I did it also without a mirror I did Mm. this whole makeup without a mirror wow and and trying to do this without a mirror I couldn't because the Mm. powder when it goes on it stays in that place and you can't blend it yeah and all our things are very blendable so you're so
0: right because even just looking at that makeup bag and I've got exactly the same in my bag it's quite stressful it is just getting all the bits out and the brushes and then like it all falling on the floor in the taxi. Exactly,
1: and then the amount of people I see on the tube, like the next one I'm gonna do, I mean, I was wanting to take (sighs) the tube from here, because I'm gonna do the same on the tube, I'm gonna do it everywhere, on every single location that I would do it. But I sort of had not remembered the complication because I've been doing this now for two years. And then I, and that took me seven and a half minutes and then I got my sack out and I said okay exactly the same product so I got my BFF which is this product that turns the colour of your skin and makes your skin just glow mm-hmm. and then I got my foundation but I would just... I, so now I'm getting out for the purpose of the podcast <laughs> an eye colour which is the same as my Bobbi Brown one this is one nearly like you're wearing and it's like remembering the shape of your face and years mm-hmm. ago this makeup artist said to me Trini if you can feel your face you can do your makeup without a mirror and feel Mm. underneath your brow and just start building up your colour.
0: Yeah, that looks great. And just, you know, just
1: putting stuff on and having the freedom to know that it's okay and I can do it. And then I'm going to put on, this would be a cheek and lip. I've got on a new lip right now, but this is Freddie. So I'm just going to put some on my cheeks.
0: I love that. And just put it in. Yeah. But that
1: took me two minutes. Yeah. So that, that kind of, and anyone who has done it, what's exciting is we started to do, it's all online which some women might go, oh, how do I decide what suits me? So we did this, you know, we did 800 women in my bathroom with the products to find out skin, hair, and eye combo. Mm -hmm. So I'd look at you and I'd say, okay, you have a cool blonde hair. It's not your natural colour, but it's cool. It's your natural colour. I dark my Are you scandy? No. No. So you go in cool tone everything. So Mm -hmm. you suit navy, white, grey. You can wear black. You know, you can wear prints too as well, but... Your skin tone is a kind of pale olive. You don't burn immediately, I think, in the sun. I don't mm. know. Do you? Yeah. You do. Okay, so maybe you're pale pink tones. You have a cool, cool hair and you have a blue eye with a dark blue on the outside of it. So for me, you go into a certain category. So I know the tone of lip you should wear and the tone of eye you should wear. And lots of women are still discovering that. So they do match me and then they think, okay, those, that's my colours. That's yeah. what suits me. Yeah. So I want to wear a bright lip, but I would never know how strong should my eye be when I do a lip because mm-hmm. you know from doing bright lip because you're wearing a great bright lip now that you have to do a tiny something on your eye and you kind of can't do mm-hmm. no blusher because otherwise it's all about that lip yeah, and yeah, you want yeah. to put it in perspective of your face mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited to try that out so I can't wait and we all I'm if you're ever by our office, I want to do your makeup for you. Oh, me, my God,
0: I'd love that, because I'm, I'm really, I'm quite bad at makeup. It's like a joke. My boyfriend's, okay. like, got mascara on your forehead. You know, it's kind oh, a thing. Well, but I need to get better. But yeah. do you think, as well, with the trends in beauty right now, do you remember sort of back in the day, it would be, like, really matte, and, like, you know, you couldn't ever have a shine. Mm-hmm. Now it's, like, dewy, and I feel like Glossier's really brought that back as well. Do you, is that
1: true, or is that just... I think we've got two trends, and I'm not going to say one is on the wane, but we're in a certain age group it's on the wane, so... You know, when Kardashians came out and Tilbury was launched, you have that trend of full on fabulous makeup and, and Huda Beauty. You know, all of those people, that's a very full on face. Tilbury does both. But then Glossier comes out, which is very much minimum skin first makeup. Second, younger 18, 24 year old generation, but people mm. dip into boy brown, different things. Um, and then we come along and we're sort of saying, want to see your skin don't want to cover it all Mm -hmm. you know and we have people who are in their 20s who had really bad skin when they're in their teens so they started wearing a lot of foundation and they 10 years ago grew up with that powdered matte look Mm -hmm. and we're sort of saying your skin's cleared up a bit you don't need to do that anymore welcome to your face yes and taking care of it and taking care of it and nurturing your skin underneath Mm because we're going to do skincare next but uh, yeah but um we want to see your face. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's exciting to get a woman and change her routine, whether she's 25 and did it since 16, mm-hmm. or she's 35 and did it since her 20s and her first job, or she's 50 and she has that hard black eyeliner, bit of lip liner, but everything on the face has changed.
0: This is exactly what you did with clothes, but now with people's faces. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that is just such an amazing idea of just like stripping it all back and being like, you look amazing, but let's just emphasize what you've already yeah. got. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's really exciting. So I'm, I'm kind of, and also, even though it's just online, we did a pop-up in our office and the purpose of the pop-up is I want to meet the women who were doing it. So some came in and they said, look, my stack has become a tower. But I just want the experience of coming here because we film all the makeovers on Trinity London on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So people can go on and just every day see 10 makeovers of women. Because I kind of think we never get bored of seeing women being made over. But the most exciting for me is women who come in who haven't bought anything who are scared and they leave and they blossom because mm. i you know, since I was six, I've enjoyed the art of the makeover yeah. and that's the most pleasurable thing to give another woman is she looks in the mirror and she's happy yeah. with what she sees and you just think, oh, you've got it. You've seen, you've seen who you can be or you've seen who you are now.
0: Yeah. Would you say, so Instagram is the place really
1: to follow you and just to make sure that, you know, everything's on there? What it's where- different because, I have a slightly different audience on Facebook and Instagram. So Instagram is more, they like fashion and beauty equally and makeup. Um, if you just like makeup, go on to Trinity London. Facebook is a more intense relationship. People, you know, when I do a live on a Sunday morning, I do this lazy Sunday morning. Oh, I love tuning into things on Sundays. Uh, it's so good. So we d- I, and I get people in. So we got in this lovely man, Shabir, who talked about hormones. And, you know, you have 140,000 people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, they, and, and there's 1200 people commenting and Shabir and I got back to all of them and they were quite detailed questions so there mm-hmm. people can go in and feel they're really heard and really take part in the conversation mm-hmm. and Instagram they can post comments and on a live I do a live most mornings on stories mm-hmm. and then they can put in stuff and I'll try and go through it. but sometimes it goes through so quickly I don't see all the questions yeah. so I'm, I might answer 20% of the questions mm-hmm. whereas Facebook it's, it's more you've got time and people say it's tea time and they say I've got my yes. glass of wine I'm yeah. quite a few Australian fans so it's like a Sunday night for them mm-hmm. so they get their glass of wine and they and they That's sit down so and, cool, yeah, you yeah. have more
0: time to really yeah. sit and answer stuff I, I love how um, it feels really like you, you use social media in a very stripped back way I don't know if I saw this a while ago or recently but in your bio on Instagram doesn't it say that you don't really like doing sort of... Um, placements or like sponsored posts I or and I, do you know what, It was so refreshing reading that. Mm. I think we're in a, we're obviously in a bubble now where it's almost tipping point of everything sponsored. Well, so I to think see that was, was interesting. I have to have a
1: balance with it because I have, you know, women I really respect who do paid partnerships and are, have an authentic voice. So like Caroline Hirons and Dean Baggard yeah. who I like I a lot. do a
0: lot of, I do a lot of sponsored things but only if it's right and also I feel like I would pay for a magazine so... Exactly. Why not pay for a piece exactly. of content that you've on? And also,
1: on? you know, your whole job is that. So you need to earn money. You know, it's a career. So it's like don't don't diss those women because they have to balance between the two. Exactly. So it's a magazine. My my career is Trinity London, so it gives me the freedom yeah. to be objective because yeah. I earn a salary at Trinity London. Not a big one yet, but I hope it will grow. Um, and I have the I, I have the ability then just to be very objective, and I'll throw in Trinity stuff because I think it's the best in in makeup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it allows me. I think what I loved about the Telegraph at the very beginning is Suzanne and I did this thing, and at the time, which you know now you would imagine it, but there were hardly any stores around, and you we put stuff you could buy straight away because most things in less expensive stores had been made up for Vogue, but they'd mm. never put it in store. Mm. So frustrating. And we'd say what we love and what we hate. And it's that that makes an audience realize, you know, it's the fact that I hate Zara Sizing. They they sometimes ignore that I'm filming in there. They might throw me out in the Oxford Street store. But I don't have a relationship with them, so I have the freedom to say what I like you know and if something's yeah. bugging me I can say it because yeah. you have so to be
0: impartial to do this to to do be this impartial bit, you? and you're yeah.
1: impartial you know in your paid partnerships they're your business things but you're impartial you have a voice you have a passion you say what you feel about mm-hmm. stuff and that's why people follow you and you have such mm. a big following because yeah. people follow the authenticity.
0: And the minute you partner with something that's a bit icky, I think you, you, it's just on it's, it's, like its on, the, on kissing It's like the wrong boy, isn't it? Yeah, for mm. sure. Um, well, just lastly, I could mm. talk to you for hours. Um, what are you excited about for the rest of this year or just, just coming up? I mean, you mentioned Facebook. It feels like there's so much going on.
1: I think, too many things, but I think I'm very excited about the idea of, making a TV show on Facebook. I think that has limitless possibilities. I don't know what's gonna happen with YouTube because Google's behind it, but I think Facebook has an intention to make itself um, a TV area where you can, the audience can communicate as a show is going out, and I like that, Mm -hmm. because that is not what terrestrial TV does.
0: You've um, already got a home there as
1: well. Yeah, it's and I got a home and I feel I'm at the beginning of something new. So to be 54 years old, being one of the few people who I've watched to go and show what you can do with it, so bloody exciting, so cool. I can't tell you about um, And then I'm developing, you know, I'm doing stuff to do with skin next, so I've been working. I'm, the problem is I'm a perfectionist, so I know that I want to launch it within a year, but I'm going back and forth on on formulas and refining stuff. And I, I need it to be as perfect as the makeup is. Because the makeup, to me, it has, you know, it's personalised. The packaging is divine. Mm. And the product works. So those three have to attach themselves to anything else. Yeah. And then you set yourself a benchmark. So mm. that's going to be a challenge. Yeah.
0: No, it's so exciting. I, I feel like everyone has m- many chapters in their career. Yes. And that's really, it's just very... Um, inspiring to watch you do what you're
1: doing because it is a bit it is limitless it's limitless but I've had you know careers have gone in 10-year cycles for me I hope now they'll they won't be in 10-year cycle but you know I've had really exciting times then I've thought what on earth am I going to do next and my biggest thing I now do and it gets me out of that panic spiral out of control is um that I don't know what's next so if you if you kind of position all the things you think could go wrong and you put them in front of you you'll then think the next bit is not good mm-hmm. and it's to take away your ego and think who am I to believe that I know what's next mm-hmm. Titnut Khan lovely man but, but, but what was it? <laughs> the road to mindfulness I mean I'm not a spiritual being but it was just he talks a bit about what gives you the right to think you know what's happening next mm-hmm and it's quite interesting if you look at that little and dissect it. Um, It can give you faith and it can give you strength when things are a little bit difficult. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, no one can see into the future. It's the exciting bit. Well, thank you so much. Well, it's just fabulous talking. I'm now gonna get on my bike and go and talk telly. Thank you. All
1: right.